It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the New York Yankees official podcast. That's one of the cooler things uh, from my perspective is just uh, the names that you're associated with as the list gets shorter as you climb. So that's the goal, you know, get the short list of names and um, keep climbing. Things can line up on paper and just not turn out and, and vice versa. So the page is turned and, um, you know, we got the, the youth movement now. So, you know, you let, let them play it out and let them develop and, you know, go through the, the hardships of the game and, and turn into the, the great players that they'll be. There's... Uh, no too short, no too big, and that's with height and body composition. Well, ring is always the goal, and especially here, it's it's the top of the top. Everything is built towards that. Everything is a process to that. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the New York Yankees official podcast. I'm John Schwartz. I'm the deputy editor for Yankees Magazine. Joining me over the Zoom line, we have our executive editor, Nathan Makaborski. What's going on, Nate? Not too much, John. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay, Nate. I'm here with a public service announcement that uh, if you're enjoying some time with friends by a fire pit, uh, walk alongside the fire pit. Don't accidentally walk into the fire pit. But other than that, uh, no no real complaints here. But Nate, I think it's a interesting time to check in on the beginning of the offseason. Free agency started this week. And the Yankees had some pretty interesting news come through. We have uh, some award winners. We have some award finalists. And uh, we also, though, before we get to that, have a, a cool interview with Giancarlo Stanton that I'm excited to get to run. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for the listeners to uh, to hear this one. John Carlos, guy that uh, we don't often get to hear from at length, so uh, it's a pretty pretty cool episode. So why don't we get to the interview first, and then Nate, you and I will discuss some of the other news going around. So in the meantime, here is John Carlos Stanton. John Carlos Stanton, welcome to the New York Yankees official podcast. Thanks for doing this. Hey, no problem. Thank you. So one of the, one of the last guys we had in here was uh, Anthony Volpe, and I think there's about a foot difference between the two of you guys mm-hmm. uh not to make what you do sound easy but it, it is easier for me to understand how you crush a ball over the wall than it is when i watch him do it do you ever think about some of that like you guys have the same job but everything about you looks different it's kind of a fascinating thing about baseball right i think that's the incredible thing about baseball though there's uh no too short no too big and that's with height and body composition yeah as it seems yeah Baseball, baseball broadcasts, obviously a lot of it is hyperbole. A lot of it is, man, you, you'll never see that again. Man, I've never seen that. But the reality is when you come to the plate, nobody hits the ball harder than you. You are the hardest hitter in Major League Baseball history. That's got to be a pretty surreal thing to know, that of all the people who've done this, no one has been recorded doing it harder, more consistently than you. 
Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, I know things weren't as advanced prior to me playing, uh, so you can't really compare to the older guys. But I think we can pretty much assume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a cool thing. It's 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 cool to see in in every ballpark now. Um, just those metrics for everybody, you know, for for fans. Is there one? Because your homers look different than everyone else's. You know this, obviously. Is there one of them that stands out in your brain as just like, oh man, that was a, I really got that one. Uh, a few in the old old stadium, um, back in Florida Marlin days. That you know, it's a, a little before the the metrics and um, all the HD video. I'd say that you can <laughs> go get. But um, yeah, there's there's a, a good amount over the few years. What does 400 mean to you? I mean, round numbers are special. It's cool. But each time you get to a new milestone now, the people around you, the, the crowd gets smaller in a sense each time. Yeah, yeah. That, that's one of the cooler things uh, from my perspective is just uh, the names that you're associated with and uh, how, as the list gets shorter um, as, as you climb. So that's the goal, you know, be be on a sh- uh get the short list of names and um keep climbing i always find that to be a fascinating thing about the yankees because and this is i, I promise this is no knock on the diamondbacks this is no knock on anyone but when you're comparing yourself to if, if you're you know setting a yankees record the guys that you're beating out for that mark at your position are usually named babe ruth or you know things things like that it's a little different in some other franchises that really must how does that get driven home to you here sometimes uh, what is it just looking at the pinstripes and knowing about it or are there other ways that it hits you yeah i mean legendary names names that um help build the status of this game you know so so it's always cool to be uh, in the same breath uh, as some of these guys and yeah, I mean the the Yankees are one of the most storied franchises in all of sports, so that that's what always makes it uh, um, emphasized. And one of the cool things, though, is there's a flip side to that too, because baseball's life cycle is such you know you can hit your 400th home run, and then just a couple days later, I think actually sorry, no, the next day, Jason Dominguez comes up here and hits his first home run in Yankee Stadium, and that moment is incredibly special in very different ways. But you get to see it all in a sense. Those things can happen simultaneously. Oh, yeah. So you have a, a circumstance like that. And then um, you have uh, across the way, like Miggy Cabrera. Because that was it, the same it, weekend. It, yeah. Same, same weekend. Week. Uh, first home run at Yankee Stadium and last time ever playing at Yankee Stadium. So the, that's the beauty of it. You got, uh, you know, some of the new blood that came in here. I know everyone's been clamoring to see a guy like Jason for a while. You get a front row seat, obviously, for that. <laughs> what are he, again, as a guy who shaped differently than you in some ways but what similarities do you see in him what do you recognize in him from what you saw as yourself as a 20 21 year old uh well we both came up when we were 20 so you know the lights come fast um and he was in he was in double a earlier this year i came straight from double a so you know it's 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 cool to see um you know that happen uh however many years this is after that uh (laughs) but yeah just just how comfortable he seemed just um, it, it really seems like he understands that this is uh, still the same game he's played since he was a little kid, still a kid, you know, but um, just no moment is too big for him. You are far from an old guy, obviously. Do you feel like this game ages you weirdly? Because you're talking about a peer of yours, but you're talking about him like a little kid, but I mean, you're 33, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, let's, let's not act like you're uh, retiring or anything like that. Oh, I know. I know. Um, I, I feel like old in this game is is right about where i am (laughs) 
now and for this game, you know, I feel like when I was 20 coming up, it was a little older. I felt, yeah. And I, I would guess that the numbers would say the same, that there's a lot less 37 plus year olds now than they were then. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm old, but I've just been around for a while. In a lot of ways, both for you, but for the team, this has been just, like we said, a weird season. A lot of struggles in different ways. What are some things that you see, whether now or that you saw earlier in the year that you have used maybe a, as a means of understanding some of what's been happening? That's that's part of um, I know it's every day, right? what's so interesting about this game. You know, the things can line up on paper and just not turn out and, and vice versa. So, you know, the, the pages turned and, um, you know, we got the, the youth movement now. So, um, you know, you let, let them play it out and let them develop and, you know, go through the, the hardships of the game and, and turn into the, the great players that they'll be. I try not to, I mean, a, a lot of things that are said, whether after a game or whatever, we put a lot of microphones in your guys' faces and, you know, we expect that everything that you say is exactly how you're feeling in that moment. One thing that stuck out with me that you said this year, and I wonder how, because this was a few months ago, and I wonder how you feel now. You said in April it was unacceptable that, you know, you were not able to be on the field at that point. And that's a different way that I feel like I hear a lot of players talk to themselves. I'm, I'm curious, five months later, what exactly you meant by that and how you are using that as you get ready for 2024 and beyond. Because, like I said, I mean, you're. 33 you're not you're not a 50 year old guy you know yeah. you want to make sure you have more baseball in front of you how do you go from saying it's unacceptable to then what comes next how, how do you fix that in a sense uh you gotta have a full season um you know i this uh this team the city puts a lot of faith in me to produce and be out there so when i'm not able to do that i'm letting uh all of them down as well as the disappointment for myself of all all the work that uh, I put in to still have to, you know, be down a month or two during an important year. Uh, uh, every year is important. So during an important year, important time, um, and significant to um, any playoff push. I mean, you know, you missed six weeks or so, whatever it was, and, you know, I, I could have impacted enough games to be in a better spot for the playoffs during that time. So it all comes back around. How different is your off-season regimen from your in-season regimen? Uh, it's it's a little different because of how much uh, the volume um, of the games and everything, but uh, you, all, you always prep, you make adjustments um, to be able to counteract the things that have happened, what's going on with your body, and you know to try to uh, come form to be out there. I have to imagine all homers feel good. If you're going through a slump, if you're having a difficult week or whatever, how much better does the homer feel as, as, when you connect with it? It can, um, you know, silence a few things uh, if, you, if you aren't feeling too well or you've had a bad couple days or weeks or whatever. But as long as it puts us in a good spot to win, that's when, it, that's when it's even better. I personally was thinking a lot about this last year as Aaron was hitting. Boom, 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 boom. There are no, you, <laughs> you can't, have a selfish home run you can't pursue you know baseball stats selfishly in a sense because the home run obviously it puts you in a better position to win in a sense when you're tr going around the bases when you're watching the ball even though it's out of there in a millisecond what's what's in your mind in those moments are you just you know thinking about the pitch you got thinking about what you saw think about maybe the next time or are you just breathing deep and feeling good because this one worked 
It's all different. It's all different dynamics of the game, um, the importance of it, the your mindset for that at bat. Um, what, what, what did you react to the pitch? Was it what you were sitting on? Was it what you expected? Um, you know, a lot of a lot of things come for whatever home run uh, that is, which also makes it cool. It's all they're all different. They're all going to a different spot, a different speed, height, and 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 all that. So um, they're all unique. I was, uh, I think like a lot of people, I was very moved and impressed. In 2020, when you were speaking out in ways that, not putting words in your mouth, it didn't seem easy for you immediately. It didn't seem like a, a natural thing necessarily for you, you to do. Um, talking about, obviously, the George Floyd situation, the Breonna Taylor stuff, everything like that, and really trying to speak eloquently and powerfully. And I know from speaking to people that it did have a big impact on your teammates, and I know that you know the message was heard in a lot of ways. What did you learn about yourself there maybe as you chose to confront that more publicly than maybe you had previously i mean it wasn't really about me i mean it was just getting uh, an understanding out there and and trying to send a message and yeah more of a uh, an understanding to the people around me teammates and you know whoever's uh, a fan listening not a fan just get, get the message out there and obviously i mean look part of speaking truth is that there are going to be people who don't want to hear it, but what was some of the positive response that you got? What were some of the things that you heard? Uh, a lot of thank yous on the side, a lot of pull to the side, and you know, thank you, thank you for saying that. Thank you for for speaking out for us, and you know, being 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 our voice that uh, we weren't able to reach, and um, you know, a, a lot of positives, uh, negatives as well. But that's that comes with everything, and you just got to understand and know it's the right thing and push push forward. It's three years ago now. You weren't obviously speaking for the sake of speaking. You were speaking because you wanted to see some changes made, both societally, but also in the game and everything like that, and the people around you. Is there progress you've seen in ways that are meaningful to you, or do you feel just still stuck in some of the same places that you were then? I think it's definitely more understood uh, now, and just people are more aware, you know, ac actions and their words and how far they can reach and the impact both ways. So I, I think it's in the right direction. This is now, I think, if I'm doing my math right, which I probably am, six years that you've been playing next to Aaron Judge. What impresses you the most about him? I mean, if you had to pick one thing that you just look at him and find really special. He makes everything seem easy. Like, you know, going through a tough time, it's just, oh, whatever, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll figure it out, he'll do it. Being uh, the best player in the world, it's like, like nothing. You know, everything is even keel and... You know, he's perf perfect for this role, perfect for, you know, the captain of New York and, and the Yankees. So no hard feelings from the 2017 home run derby? Oh, uh, no, I didn't. I mean, we weren't even, I didn't even get head to head with him. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was your party. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> so I remember talking to uh, Mike Batesall, the um, baseball coach over at Fresno State. And one of the things he said about Aaron was he was constantly just like fighting off the football coaches and fighting off everyone else. Like, no, this kid's mine. Obviously. I mean, you know, you could, you had like three different parallel careers kind of you were pursuing in some ways, very Dave Winfield-esque. Mm -hmm. Do you ever think back on just the road not taken? Like, do you ever wonder, like, what would life have been like as a college football player? And then who knows? Not really, just because of, you know, how baseball has gone. But I know that uh, it would have been incredible to try to play two sports mm -hmm. in college. It would have been hard, for sure, but uh, it would have been a great dynamic going back and forth. Um, but 
that was always the plan is uh, I, I was young enough and, um, you know, if baseball didn't work out, I'd still go back and, and be able to play football. So, yeah, definitely no no regrets or what ifs. I think your manager might have enjoyed seeing you catching fades in the oh, LA yeah. Coliseum. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> You'd be on the sidelines giving <laughs> high fives. I mean, look, right now, it, it's obviously Deion Sanders right now is getting so much, you know, there's people are so excited about him just as a football coach now. But, I mean, for a while, he was just that baseball player and football player and made it look, it, it seemed impossible, but he made it look possible, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's something that definitely can't be done for more than a couple of a handful of years. Uh, in my opinion, and um, I, don't, I don't think him or Bo played more than no. what five years of both, maybe For, of both. Yeah, I mean, not even. I don't yeah, think. yeah. So, uh, so taxing on your body and and mind and travel schedule <laughs> and all that. But so cool to do uh, and, and to see. So cool to see. I think the reality, as you pointed out, is an MVP, four hundred homers, nice contract. I'm not. I'm not suggesting for a second that we should go back and do a redo here. Is 500 on your mind? Do you think about that? Uh, yeah. I mean, of course, of course, it's uh, on my mind. Um, long way from it, but <laughs> it is uh, definitely in the cards. And yeah, something to something to push to and look forward to. You you've seen the October October excitement here. You've seen the way fans can get behind winners here. How much does that drive you? I mean, I know that every you're good at this because you're competitive. You're good at this because you're naturally gifted athletically, but also, you know, you're chasing something. You got to be chasing something. It's too hard to do this if you're not chasing something. How much do you think about that of what the reward might look like? Well, ring is always, always the goal. And especially here, it's, it's the top of the top. So everything is built towards that. Everything is uh, a process to that. And, yeah, I mean, the process isn't complete until, until that is. Well, so it could happen then, Giancarlo Stanton. Thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you. Hi, this is Anthony Volpe. You're listening to the New York Yankees official podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, this is Tommy Canely. You're listening to the New York Yankees official podcast. Welcome back to the New York Yankees official podcast. Nate, you said it before we cut to the interview. That's really not a format we hear Giancarlo in that often. He's not a guy who we usually get a lot of long form interviews like that. It was interesting to go back and listen to it because look, it happened at the end of the season. 
certainly this was a frustrating season for a lot of people, and I'd put Giancarlo Stanton pretty close to the top of that list in terms of how he felt about the way things went. But he's always an interesting guy, I think, and I thought he was very open about some of the struggles. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I mean, look, we all know that this season didn't go according to plan for for Giancarlo or for the Yankees. But, uh, you know, I, I like that instead of, you know, harping on all the negatives from this season, uh, you touched on a, a lot of the positive things and just we got a little bit of uh, insight into, you know, what his mindset is and, and where it remains. And, um, you know, he's a guy that always strikes me as, uh, you know, he, he gets it. His Some guys who have that sort of talent can get wrapped up in their own personal accomplishments and, and their their own numbers and things like that. And he's got some impressive numbers on his register, but, you know, it's still always about winning and it's always about chasing the, that main goal, which is a World Series ring. And uh, he, he never loses sight of that, no matter if it's a good year, or bad year in between. And uh, so I, I thought it was cool to hear from him uh, in that regard. Nate, I think that's such a crucial point because I think sometimes maybe, and I'm certainly guilty of this, we get lost a little bit in our day-to-day of talking to Major League Baseball players. You know, the top, I don't even know what percentile. I mean, it's a percentage point, though, clearly. These are the guys who are the best in the world at doing this. But occasionally, you get to speak to a one-of-one. And what I mean is you can talk to a lot of guys who hit a lot of home runs, but you can't talk to someone who's hit more home runs for an American League team in one season than Aaron Judge. He, he, he stands alone there. And, and Sim, when I speak to Giancarlo Stanton, you know, you, you sit with him, whether or whether you're standing next to him or you're sitting with him or whatever it is, you are talking to the person who hits the ball harder than anybody in the history of Major League Baseball. That's just a fact. And you can't talk to him and not have that be top of mind just because you know it at all times. I mean, this isn't a normal quote-unquote, normal baseball player. This is someone who does something that no one else can do. And so to your point, Nate, I think it does make a player like that maybe more confused, maybe more frustrated, sometimes more angry when stuff that he is better at doing than literally anybody in history isn't working the way it's supposed to. Yeah, and I mean, you talk about one one of one. It's not just the uh, exit velocities on his home runs. It's literally, I mean... If if Nelson Cruz is to be believed that he's retiring, uh, you know, come opening he's the active leader. Yeah, come opening day next year, John Carlos Stanton is going to be the active leader in Major League Baseball in home runs. And um, you know, I, I I thought it was cool to hear him talk about 500 having uh you know just hit his 400th. You know, some guys would give you that kind of you know athlete cliche like, oh no, you know, I'm not thinking about numbers. And he he was like, no, yeah, that's definitely on my mind. Like <laughs> he would love to get to that big round number someday because uh you know it just further uh puts him you know ahead of the pack and uh you know what he's accomplished in his 14 seasons so far it's really remarkable and you know he's like you guys pointed out i mean he's not an old guy he's still fairly young 33 so i mean he he could still have a lot more baseball left in him and uh those kind of accomplishments are are still well within reach I'm curious how you took his response to one particular part of the conversation because, you know, I'll be honest, I wasn't sure. It it was a lot going to depend on his mood if I went there. And he was in a good mood. And I I thought he was – I think Giancarlo is, frankly, a a really just good guy to talk to. He's really interesting always. It's not someone who you're so used to hearing that, you know, everything falls into cliche. But, you know, he, he was amiable and he was easygoing. And so I decided to kind of push in the direction that I found super interesting from early in the season 
when he used the term unacceptable to describe the injuries. And and again, if you listen to the interview, you heard me say this to him. There's a lot of comments that players make in the clubhouse in the heat of a moment that I don't think it's necessarily always fair to assume that this is exactly how that person feels. But when a player is saying that something's unacceptable, I was curious what he thought that means. And look, now it's November. Now we are well into, I assume players are still kind of in the, you know, ramp down a little bit before the ramp up starts, probably usually for most guys just after Thanksgiving. So, so you know, I, I don't know what Giancarlo is doing moment to moment, day to day right now. But it is, you know, something if you look back to the 2023 season and the frustrations and the difficulties, you know, if you're trying to diagnose what went wrong as far as it pertains to the 2024 season, the answer is simply stay on the field. And I thought it was interesting to hear Giancarlo talk about what he meant when he said it was unacceptable. Because unacceptable to me means you're doing something to change it. And I liked hearing what he was talking about, about the ways that he wants to assess his whole body and his whole routine and everything this offseason because he does believe that was unacceptable. Yeah. I loved what he had to say because, again, I go back to the fact that he wasn't, you know, mad about not being able to, uh, you know, chase a, a home run record or or pad his stats. He was, you know, upset that he couldn't help the team. And, he, you know, he said, like, basically, uh, we could have been in a different position at the end of the year if I hadn't missed all that time. Um, so, you know, again, the guy, he gets it. I think he has his priorities straight and um very refreshing to hear. I, I don't think it was, uh, you know, any of his answers were very like cliched or anything like that. I think he's a veteran guy who has seen it all and done it all in the big leagues. And um, to hear him address what was a down year that honestly, I think was uh, pretty refreshing. And, and I think we've spoken about stuff like this too, in some ways, you know, part of our job, especially, you know, this time of year, as we're starting to think about 2024, you know, the yearbook and the magazines and all these things this is not where you should come for the sourness and the doom and gloom. Like, look, we're going to try to find reasons to be excited here. And I think, you know, in a sense, Giancarlo Stanton is a perfect microcosm for that because yes, he struggling. He struggled. Yes, it, it was tough. And yet he, there were still those times when he would connect and you would see him do what you know he can do, which is put a ball into the seats in a matter of like nanoseconds, harder than anybody who's ever done it before. And so you know that's there. You know he can do it. You know he's obviously strong enough. You know he does have the bat speed to do that. And I think that if we want to turn the page there, we're coming off a couple of weeks now. The World Series is over. You know, we're now into uh, this past Monday, free agency started. We're into award season. We've started hearing about some awards. And it's this weird time right now where we get to go back and kind of think about some of the positive things from 2023, such as Anthony Volpe winning a gold glove. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Such as Garrett Cole being a finalist for the AL Cy Young. That's not a surprise. It, Frankly, you have to think it's just the beginning of the celebration of his pitching season. I imagine he will be the Cy Young winner. And certainly one that I think was really meaningful as we watched it uh, unfold Aaron Judge be named the Roberto Clemente Award winner for this year, appearing at the World Series to accept that award. Nate, you and I have both done a lot of work over the years with players and their charitable initiatives and all, and all the things they do. And I can assure you from my experience talking to guys, the Roberto Clemente Award isn't just you know another one that they kind of 
put on their shelf and don't think about the, the Roberto Clemente award might be the most meaningful award to a lot of players up there with things like MVPs and Cy Youngs. I don't know if Aaron Judge has a a trophy case in his house, but if he does, it's got to be awfully large and impressive. And uh, to your point, I'm sure the Roberto Clemente Award will have a, a prominent space, you know, in that case. We were listening to uh, Hal Steinbrenner's uh, call with the media earlier this week, and you know, a lot of the reporters are kind of reflecting the uh, the feeling of the fans in that, like, they're wondering what changes are going to come. You know, what what changes are you talking about behind the scenes? What changes can we expect in the near future here? And I'm sure there, you know, obviously there will be some changes. We already know that a couple, you know, coaches have, have you know, gone to other teams or whatever. So, um, but, you know, just because you finished out of the playoffs doesn't mean you tear it all down and everybody goes away and, uh, you know, you start from scratch. The majority of the team is going to be coming back next year. So to your uh, original point here, like Giancarlo is kind of a microcosm of that in that, um, you know, next year we're we're going to see a lot of familiar faces, and we're going to kind of hope that uh, they have a better season than they did this year. And uh, you know, I have no reason not to think that that's not uh, a possibility for John Carlo. But yeah, I mean, with the awards, certainly exciting to see Anthony Volpe get the the Gold Glove. I mean, how cool is that to see a a, a Yankees rookie, the first Yankees rookie in history, to win a Gold Glove award? How is that possible? It, doesn't that just seem impossible? I know they give away so many of those awards every year, but <laughs> really tough for, I mean, to come in as a rookie and all that's thrown on your plate to have to adjust to life as a major leaguer, uh, to be able to outshine your peers defensively is super, super impressive, especially at the shortstop position. So well-deserved for Anthony, um, very exciting for, uh, for the Yankees and for his future here. Cole, I mean, obviously, I think the only thing that would be a surprise would be if he didn't win it. He had just such a remarkable season, was such a workhorse for us. Very, uh, I'm highly anticipating that announcement. And um, yeah, the Clemente Award for Judge. I mean, a huge deal to him, to his family. They they put in so much work, uh, you know, away from the field, putting it into the All Rise Foundation. Do so many great programs every year. Really, really well-deserved. And you could tell how much it meant to him. I remember back in the day, you know, when... We kind of had two years, if you will, of a farewell tour for CC Sabathia. I think some of us weren't sure if it was going to be 2018 or 2019 when he when he said goodbye. And uh, hearing the news that uh, Judge won, I remember when I was writing about Aaron in the winter between the 2019 and what should have been the 2020 season. He looked to CC as such a role model, such a role model, and just absolutely felt that you know he he leaned on him when he was starting the all rise foundation trying to get information for what he could do trying to figure out the best ways to use his platform and i mean this might not be the best reaction to hearing the news baron it, it just bugged me again that cc never won that award um you know and CC was open, and 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 CC's wife Amber, especially, was open. They really wanted that one. They they really believed in it. They really wanted it. I thought for sure in his last season he was going to win it. You know, and it, it's just it just goes to show you that again, this isn't something that just is a throwaway announced and whatever. And you know, yay, you, you you're a good person. No, the players truly truly believe in the message of the Roberto Clemente Award, and. Again, we, we've seen Aaron in action. We've seen the things he does when he's directly working on behalf of his foundation, directly working in the community. And we've also just seen the way that he can connect with every single kid uh, 
you know, near the near the stands or in the stands who wants an autograph, he can look them in the eye and the way he's able to talk to these kids and everything like that. And he makes such a difference. And it's it's just awesome to see. It, it's it's one of those times where I feel personally, I'm wondering how you feel. I think there are times when the line gets blurred a little bit between, you know, whether or, you know, members of the media or, or Yankees employees. And, you know, there are definitely times when I feel like I, I'll be sitting in a press conference maybe and I, I wonder if this person, if I'm hearing this person as a quote-unquote coworker or at least someone who works under the same umbrella or if I'm hearing it as, you know, an unbiased media member per se. But, you know, when you, when you see Aaron Judge up there getting that award, I, I felt really proud to be a part of the Yankees family on that day because that's it, it's so important. There is only one winner for the whole league and this year was a Yankee, and it was a Yankee who, in a short time in the big leagues, still a short time, I should say, has really proven that he uh, has just so much that he can offer. Yeah, it's it's an amazing accomplishment. It really is. And, you know, like any uh, baseball player will, will tell you, like, you don't play for individual awards. You know, it's, it's a team game. But when you do receive one, uh, it really kind of validates a lot of things a lot of the hard work and a lot of the sacrifices that that you make to get to that level and when it's the clemente award and uh you know you get to have your your name associated with uh, one of the the legends of the game not just for what he did on the field but for the humanitarian he was off the field uh it, it's really powerful um you know i know i was in pittsburgh last summer when uh the yankees were there and I know they all had a chance to go visit the Clemente Museum. And, you know, I watched uh, Aaron Judge take BP with one of Clemente's uh, bats and, and, you know, park a homer in the in the shrubs out there beyond the wall at PNC Field. So I know he he uh, feels a deep connection to Roberto Clemente. And uh, just, yeah, like you said, I mean, it, it's kind of a, a proud moment for all of us uh, to have that award go to a Yankee. For sure. And, and, and you also touched on before when we were saying it. Anthony Volpe winning the gold glove. You know, look, I mean, it, it was an up and down season in a lot of ways for him, but there was so much positive there. The the le- least of it being just the fact that he was a major leaguer for a full year. And you have to imagine if you know Anthony Volpe at all, that, um, you know, there's not a minute this offseason that he's not thinking about anything he can do better for next year. But what a way to start. A- and look, I-, I think everyone knows that he's a better overall hitter than he was at at times this year and i think we're going to see that i mean certainly the power was there but i think we're going to see you know the average and everything like that improve but you know defense is effort you know i I think it's kind of as simple as that you know defense is i don't i don't think personally the defense changes that much you know as you go from double a to triple a to the majors i I think that you know you're either able to do it or you're not and he was able to do it, and he really showed just a commitment to being a big league shortstop for the whole year. And I'll be honest, from at the beginning, I'm, I'm certainly not a scout. I don't have an eye, you know, that some of these people do. At the beginning, when Aaron Boone was really aggressively saying, you know, Anthony Volpe should win the Gold Glove, my initial thought was like, "Hey, that's cool that he's saying that about his player, but I don't know, man. Like, is that is that is that real?" And you know, you start looking at some of the numbers, and you start seeing some of the the way it's broken down. And, you know, when we heard it was Anthony Volpe, it was just, hey, man, that's amazing. Like, what what a way to start. And if you're doing that in year one, what's next? It's it's pretty awesome to think. And, again, it's, it's pretty awesome to think at a time when I think most people want to forget most of the 2023 season. But this is a good reminder. Like, hey, see the whole picture. See the whole board. 
Yeah, I mean, think about it. You know, homegrown kid gets drafted, comes up through the minor leagues, makes the opening day roster here, and plays damn near every day. I mean, it was like, mm-hmm. I feel like we were halfway through the season before he finally, like, you know, had a day off. <laughs> and, you know, you talk about the effort that it takes to be a good defender. And, like, you know, we saw it every day, not just during the games, but, I mean, pregame, like, that dude is out there working his tail off every day. And, you know, I think he would probably tell you he, there's still plenty of room for improvement. So um, you're right. I mean, he's a, he's a guy who uh, loves to work hard in the offseason, loves to attack his weaknesses. And, I mean, you talk about what do we expect going forward. I think next year he could be even better uh, defensively. I, I know, obviously, you know, he's has hopes and, and intends on on – improving uh at the plate but like you know you could win a gold glove as a rookie and and be even better in year two i, I wouldn't put that past them so that's obviously an exciting uh thing to look forward to nate there's just one more thing i do want to say before we send this one off uh you know and and that is he's not a member of the yankees family anymore i guess but he always will be and i, I just i know you and i both have had great experiences talking to chatting with relying on getting uh help from carlos mendoza over the years and I, I just, you know, say this personally, say this, I think as a member of the, you know, Yankees magazine family, I'm just so happy for Carlos Mendoza that uh, as he gets a big league managerial gig, it's very exciting for him, excited to see what he can do and, you know, well-deserved. That guy has been just such a rock on the staff for so long, so many more years before he was on the big league staff. He was just, you know, toiling away and helping all of these guys develop. So very excited for him, uh, really just what a well-deserved uh, hiring. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we've known for a long time that that this day would come when we heard that, you know, some other team hired Carlos Mendoza away to be their manager. You know, I got a, a bunch of text messages from friends who are Mets fans wondering, you know, what, what what's the deal with this guy? Who is this guy? Yeah. What's this guy? Oh, oh, he's great. Believe right. Yeah, yeah, like I just, you know, I couldn't. I actually took a while to, I wanted to be able to like sit down and type out like a fully formed text message reply like i didn't want to just say like great hire like i wanted to give the guy his due because he has paid his dues and has been uh such a valuable member of our organization for so long uh i just told them that they should be really excited about it it's a great hire and uh yeah wish him nothing but luck nothing but luck nothing but the best great dude nate that's gonna do it for us on this episode and you know, our next episode, which should have come out two weeks from now, but that's Thanksgiving Day. And I think that people have better things to do than hear us <laughs> talk on Thanksgiving. So we will come to you two weeks after that with uh, with the next episode of the New York Yankees official podcast. But that means now is a perfect time to, Nate, just wish you an incredibly happy beginning of the holiday season, a happy Thanksgiving. And I, I know that I, I think I speak for you. You can correct me if I don't, but frustrating year whatever you want to say we we have so much to be thankful for here both for the things that we get to do and for the people who read and listen and support us and all that stuff all that you know the fans do to make the new york yankees relevant to make the new york yankees exciting and important in their own way and to make the new york yankees official podcast and yankees magazine the same so nate i hope uh you have nothing but the best this thanksgiving and i hope that your table is full and your seats are full with people that you're excited to be around and all that good stuff well thank you john and the same to you and the same to all of the listeners out there and the, the readers for yankees magazine uh know that we're, we're working hard to bring you the very best that we can so uh 
Thanks for sticking with us, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Cheers, everybody. Hi, this is Michael King. Thank you for listening to the New York Yankees official podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe at yankees.com slash podcast or at the podcast app of your choice and tell your friends. The New York Yankees official podcast is a production of the Yankees Magazine Podcast Network. It's produced by me, John Schwartz, with assistance from the entire team at Yankees Magazine, as well as incredible support from the New York Yankees Media Relations Department, in particular Jason Zillow, Michael Margolis, and Caitlin Brennan. Thanks also to our awesome social media team, Brian Callahan, Julia Shore, and Alex King. If you're not subscribed, what are you waiting for? We're available wherever you listen to your podcasts or at yankees.com slash podcasts. Leave us a review, leave us a rating, you can even send us your thoughts over email, podcasts at yankees.com. For more information about the stories we discussed today, visit yankees.com slash magazine, where you can read all of our long-form content. If you'd like to subscribe to Yankees Magazine, or purchase individual copies of the magazine, yearbook, media guide, or anything else, please visit yankees.com slash publications or call us at 800-GO-YANKS. Of course, you can also stay up to date on everything happening here at the stadium by following us on Twitter, at Yanks Magazine, or by liking us on Facebook at Yankees Magazine. That's it. See you next time, and go Yanks. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.